Ohio State fans need to realize something. The game has certainly looked like it has taken a turn in favor of the Wolverines. Ryan Day has been outcoached by Jim Harbaugh two times. C.J. Stroud will finish his career with no Big Ten titles and no Heisman trophies. But he can finish his career with a national title. And Ryan Day can redeem himself by winning a national title. And looking at how the matchups look and how the Big Ten, SEC, College Football Playoff Committee wouldn't likely want to see an Ohio State-Michigan rematch in a semifinal game, it looks very much likely that if Ohio State is to win the national championship, they would have to play Michigan and beat them to do so. And while as a Michigan fan, after the win in Columbus, I'd be confident we could beat you again, it's hard to beat an elite team twice. And yes, I did just say elite, because Ohio State all year, and even at points in their game against Michigan, looked elite. And they have all the tools, the schematics, the the physicality, the, the talent, they have it all to win the national title. And let me draw an analogy here, and it's not the exact same thing, but take 2021 Georgia, for example. They looked like the best team in the country, or the second best team. They, they looked elite. They looked number one for most of the year. Ohio State has looked like number two, but there's an argument for them to be number one, two, or there was before their loss to Michigan. They were top 10 or top 15 in most categories this Georgia team was. Their defense was by far number one. Ohio State's offense this year, in comparison, by at least efficiency metrics and consistency, has been thought of as the number one offense, in some cases even by a mile, when you have the likes of Tennessee and USC to compare it against. And what happened to Georgia last year is they, in front of a crowd that was mostly their fans in Atlanta in the SEC title game, they faced the best team by far they had countered the whole year, and it was a team that had a matchup advantage against them. And it was a team that we learned at the end of the year, a bite without their two best wide receivers, was actually a worse team compared to Georgia. This team was Alabama. And Alabama blew them off the field. Alabama put on their boots with spurs and put their heel and spur on Georgia's neck and buried their spur into Georgia's brainstem. They dissected Stetson Bennett and that O-line and that defense like a professional brain surgeon doing an operation. It was beautiful watching Bryce Young and Jamison Williams tear apart that NFL defense. And I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who's a Big Ten fan. I watched that SEC title game, and my jaw dropped. It was the same thing when Michigan, who looked like the inferior team for most of the year, who were underdogs, like Alabama, and who came into an mostly opponent territory, where most of the fans were the fans of the opponent, also like Alabama, 
they came in and through big plays and also through a long, consistent drive that rested the defense, that chewed out clock, they dissected Ohio State. They were asleep for one quarter, the first quarter, where J.J. nearly threw a pick, where he didn't complete 50% of his passes, and where Michigan's defense just looked gassed. And then they outscored Ohio State 42-13. to The rest is history. They surgically operated on Ohio State, and they beat them. They broke them. They gashed them. Michigan's big plays weren't by luck. They weren't busted plays. They were schemed. And they worked again and again and again. And you can say that Jim Knowles failed to adjust. You can say all these things. But when he did make adjustments and said, you're not going to torture us through the air, Michigan just gassed him on the, the ground because mismatches exist. And when you have a good enough mismatch, like Alabama's wide receivers did against Georgia's secondary, adjustments can't save you from the inevitable. They can't. And I say all of this to say that Ohio State had a bad game. They got blown out. But they're ranked fifth for a reason. And we're going to dive into this. And it's hard to beat a great elite team twice. It's hard to beat a team for the second time when they have an offense that has the potential to be the most explosive in the country. An offense that is second in points per game scoring. And that was number one for much of the year. It's hard to gash a defense that was top 10 in most categories and is still top 15 in most categories after that loss. This is a great Ohio State team. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And they have the resume despite their loss. They have the resume. They're number three in FPI. They're number two in efficiency. And they have the fourth best strength of record and the 34th best strength of schedule. That's a powerful resume, especially the fourth best strength of record. They are, by strength of record, the best one-loss team in the country. USC is sixth, in fact, behind Alabama, who's a two-loss team, by the way. TCU's one, Michigan's two, Georgia is three for context. Ohio State is fourth in game control, third in average in-game win probability. Their strength of schedule is superior to Georgia's, Michigan's, and TCU's, and superior to USC's. Them and Alabama, who are the fifth and sixth teams, the first two out, have superior strength of schedules to all the teams currently in the top four. Alabama, of course, has two losses to teams that reside outside of the top six, to teams that have two losses or more. LSU will likely pick up their fourth as Kirby Smart ruffle stomps LSU. And Alabama, of course, their best wins are over Texas and Mississippi State, whereas Ohio State went into Happy Valley and, in a similar fashion, a bite with more defensive turnovers and a defensive touchdown compared to Michigan, they ran out a top 10 team out of their own stadium in Penn State. Thanks to JT Tui Molau, Cade Stover, CJ Stroud, and 
Travion Henderson. This Ohio State team has an impressive resume. And as a Michigan fan, I again would take my team in a rematch to still win. But there would be an itching part of me that would say, this game's not easy. And Ohio State is going to be. I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt because they're an elite program and they're going to be out for blood. And they're going to take any chance that they have. They're going to step up and take a challenge. They're at least going to take it and try to strive for it. When, when Michigan beat them last year, Ohio State made radical changes. They put in their all. And no, it didn't result in what they wanted this year. But Ohio State's not complacent. They're willing to make changes and make sacrifices and pursue greatness. That's why they won 11 games. That's why when Catron Allen punched it in on 4th and 1, and it was 21-16, to 16, the entire Ohio State team said, hold my beer, watch this. And James Franklin had another loss to a top-10 opponent. The Buckeyes have the number two scoring offense, 44.5 points per game. They're number 13th in scoring defense, only allowing 19.2 points per game. It's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. You look at Michigan, for example. Michigan, of course, has, they have top 10 scoring offenses and defenses. They do. They're seventh in scoring offense scoring 39.8 points per game, and their third in scoring defense, allowing 12.7 points per game. Georgia is 12th in, in points per game, scoring 38.2, and they're first in points allowed per game, allowing 11.3. So Georgia's not top 10 in both categories. They're widely considered the number one team in the country. I happen to think that Michigan's number one in the country and with Blake Corum being out for the season, I might have to rethink that. But anyway, that's a topic for a different video. Ohio State's 13th in scoring defense. They're number two in scoring offense. Offense and defense are both important to win, like national titles. You have to have both. You have to at least be good in one category and then elite in the other, and if you're not elite in one category, or if you're not elite in both, you have to be at minimum great at both to win a national title. You just have to. Ohio State has an elite offense, and I think that Ryan Day and his play calling hold it back at times, and at the same time overall, we can look at the talent that they have and look at the times where Ryan Day has had called good games or where the offense, the run game, all function at high capacity and say they have an elite offense. Like That's a given. Their defense is what's questionable. I think they have a good defense, maybe a great defense. And what stinks about their defense, if you're a Buckeye fan, is it reminds me at least a lot of the Don Brown defenses, at least in the game against Michigan. That's where I paid the most attention to it, if I'm being honest. Big plays are allowed. And a lot of that relates to the fact that Michigan was the first team that Ohio State faced all year where Michigan could challenge and beat them in the trenches. They couldn't get... They, they got some pressure on J.J. McCarthy, but they couldn't get enough. 
they were able to cover a lot of Michigan's receivers and tight ends, but their corners were just inadequate enough, and Michigan's receivers and tight ends were just good enough to get separation and JJ with an accurate arm at at times, or most of the time in that game, was able to hit them in stride. And the offensive line was able to open up enough holes for Donovan Edwards to hit, you know, to, to reach terminal velocity and have two runs of 75 yards or more. But this team is built to win it all. They really are. They are. One game, it does define them enough to where they're not in control of their own destiny. But... If they have another opportunity, I can tell you that they will take that and they won't shy away from it. And that with the talent they have, with the playmakers they have like JT Tui Malau, they can make explosive plays the same way that Michigan did against them. They can make explosive plays on the line of scrimmage on defense with JT Tui Malau having what, three interceptions in that Penn State game? It was insanity. Or two of them. And then Zach Harrison, who had the other interception, that was a deflection from JT Tuimalau. They can get pressure. Who even saw them got getting pressure at times against Michigan? And then an offense. With Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, and Emeka Igbuka, they've burned Iowa's secondary. They've gotten Penn State's secondary. They've gotten Michigan's secondary. And these are some of the better secondaries in the nation. And Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, when healthy, even Trip Tranium, who reminds me of like an Ohio State edition of Hassan Haskins, they've been able to get some big runs and go downfield and churn for extra yards. And they have first rounders on their offensive line. The last thing I want to mention is Ohio State has one loss to number two, 12 and 0 Michigan. USC and Alabama have lost to nine and three LSU and nine and three Utah, respectively. This is comparing one team that's ahead of Ohio State and one team that's behind Ohio State, the two teams, the neighbors of Ohio State in the college football playoff. Ohio State has the better loss and they have the better strength of record compared to the both of them. Number two, Michigan, would, in my opinion, handily beat Utah and LSU by double digits. I think they would blow LSU out of the water. That's just my opinion. I think Ohio State would beat both of those teams, too, that Alabama and USC failed to beat. I also think that Ohio State would do more than beat Texas by one point on the road, just to further state my opinion. But the Buckeyes need things to happen. They need a path. They, their destiny is outside of their control, which is unfortunate for Ohio State fans. But again, that's why the game mattered so much. That's why it matters. That's why you play these games. And that's why there's high stakes, which is why we love college football. The loser of that game was never guaranteed to get in. There was a thought that they could get in or that they would likely get in, whether Michigan or OSU lost. Honestly, if Michigan lost, just because of the fact that they were ranked lower entering the game and had an easier strength of schedule, they wouldn't have had as easy of a time getting in as Ohio State. But that's just what happens in college football, 
And I'm confident if Michigan lost, they would be sitting at number five because of their 11-1 record compared to Bama's 10-2 record with a similar chance to get in. The Buckeyes first have to sit and wait, which is going to be uncomfortable. But according to metrics, it's very likely that USC and or TCU lose on Saturday. You want to root for USC to lose if you're a Buckeye fan, because it's the most likely loss between these two teams. And if TCU loses, that's their first loss of the year, and they still have a 12-1 record compared to your 11-1 record, and they have more wins against ranked opponents than you do. And it wouldn't make sense for them to be punished to be in that extra game. So USC losing would be the most favorable. Both losing? Both losing, I don't think that would change too much. Like if USC loses versus USC and TCU losing, maybe that would put Ohio State at the third spot, where maybe them and Michigan would rematch in the semifinal instead of possibly the national title. Because Georgia, very much likely as I'm making the case in the second point, Georgia's going to be the one seed, whether they beat LSU by one or 50, because LSU's top 15, Purdue's unranked. So it won't matter if Michigan smashes Purdue by 50. Georgia will still be number one. Ohio State, if they reach the college football playoff, if just USC loses or just one of these teams lose, which is the most likely outcome, they're likely going to play as the fourth seed, which means Ryan Day is going to go up against Kirby Smart the reigning national champions. Michigan and Georgia do have a lot in common. Georgia, I would have said, before Michigan's big win against the Buckeyes, I would have said Georgia's much better through the air. Georgia is still better through the air when it comes to their tight ends. For wide receivers, I don't know too much. I know Michigan has the better run game. I'd still say Georgia at least has the more proven and consistent passing attack. That's just my opinion. And I don't know if Georgia matches up better with Ohio State than Michigan does. I'd say they match up with each other pretty similarly. But I know that Georgia secondary at times, most secondaries in the country have, but that Georgia secondary last year, it didn't do so well versus NFL wide receivers. Michigan's secondary last year actually did better against a superior wide receiver duo compared to 2021 Alabama's in 2021 Ohio State's. So just from that and the fact that both Michigan and Georgia's secondary lost a lot over you know, the 2021-2022 season, I'd say Ohio State probably has a better shot to create mismatches between them, their wide receiver core and the Georgia secondary. But Georgia's number one for a reason. They're, pro- they're probably going to be 13-0 after Saturday, and they have a much more solid defense than Ohio State does. And Todd Monken, that's an offensive coordinator for you. That's a play caller for you. If you don't want Ryan Day calling the plays, you know Ohio State's got money. Probably wouldn't happen, but go out and steal Todd Monken or Garrett Riley or a really good offensive coordinator. Todd Munkin is that. What he's done with Georgia's offense is modernize them and revolutionize them. Kirby kept the defensive identity, but he went from Jim Chaney and whoever his successor was, who I think was fired after a year. James Coley, I think? I, f- I forget. 
who the succeeding OC was after Cheney left Georgia. But he brought in Todd Monken, and he's worked wonders for Georgia's offense ever since. And finally, after theoretically beating Georgia, Ryan Day will likely have to face off against Jim Harbaugh again, because I'm thinking Michigan's going to be number two, and TCU is favored to beat Kansas State. And even if TCU loses to Kansas State, if it's a close loss, part of me still thinks they would be ranked ahead of Ohio State, who would have to sit there and wait, and their one singular loss by point differential would be much worse than a close TCU loss at a neutral site game. And then Ryan Day, if he even gets through Kirby Smart, would likely have to face Jim Harbaugh in Michigan again and win. None of this is favorable. This will be hard to do. It'll be very challenging for Ohio State to go through all of this. Ohio State, in fact, is given... They are given a 19.3% chance to win the national title. Georgia's given a 39.8% chance. Michigan's given a 26% chance flat. TCU's given an 8.8% chance. Alabama with a 3.7% chance. And USC with a 1.7% chance. Everyone else given less than a 1% chance. That being Tennessee and Penn State. And everyone else below them being given no chance at all to win it. So all of this is hard. But Ohio State has a very realistic path to the college football playoff. It's very likely that they will make the college football playoff, and they do have a chance to win it all. And if they did, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because I thought that the winner and loser of this game would reach the national championship. And it was pretty apparent from my perspective at least, after Utah lost to Florida in Week 1, I thought they would be the fourth playoff seed, that that would likely happen. And Here we are, and likely, Ohio State and Michigan will both make it to the college football playoff. Michigan guaranteed, Ohio State needs some things to happen, but according to odds, those things will fall into place, and Ohio State, more likely than not, will reach the college football playoff. Thank you for watching this video. If you liked it, please make sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys around. Bye.